The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Everybody, welcome to the Pick Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, February 16th, and that means two things. One, we are like 363 days away from the, the next Super Bowl, and two, it's our Brady Quinn football show. Pew 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 pew. I don't want really do- people. People don't like the fake lasers or whatever you want to call that. They don't. They don't. I don't know. I don't think they do. I think Debo could better inform us of that, but I feel like that was a. The comment I heard or read somewhere. Uh, yeah, I tagged I tagged Brady. Someone, uh, a, a you know, a non-sports podcast person said that fake air horns are one of the worst things that people can do on a podcast, and I just think it's a, an egregious thing to put out there on Twitter. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like Wait, someone. Somebody, like somebody doesn't listen to the show and said that it wasn't specific to us. It was a generic. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was it was just a generic comment, but I think what this really defines is the fact that that person on Friday night, stays at home and reads a book. That's essentially what they do for fun. All yeah, right? and Brady, are, Brady and I are in the club. That's right. Like doing like chest pumps beep, and, beep, like, beep. and like firing shots and like, you know, whatever cool people do in clubs. Puking and rallying, you know? Puking, puking just for the puke of it. Um, <laughs> so we had a, uh, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, of course. Uh, but is I think there is... Um, I don't know. Are we going to be, are you going to be, I don't know. I don't know that this, I don't know that the Brady Quinn football show will definitely continue every week. It makes me, makes me sad. No, I feel like it's been a, it's been a fun year. It's been a good year. It has been. Uh, I really value this time with you, Will. Uh, I, I, don't, I do too. I don't get to spend much time with you. Whenever we get a chance to work on CBS sports HQ together, it's a treat. I feel like my dog after a, a nice walk where they went poop and I, I get, they get a treat afterwards. I feel like that kind of, oh, like, oh, I was like, I, was like I, I walk in the studio. I'm like, wait, Will's on today. Yes. Well, yeah. or you, yeah, we got to hang out a little bit in, uh, in, in person at the, yeah, uh, you know, different times though, but it was great. The few times I did get to see you. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I, I missed, I missed, I missed seeing a lot of people that I was hoping to see in Los Angeles because everything was so spread out. Did you, what did you think of, I mean, you, you travel a ton for work, but, right. and, and you're a performer, fresh professional athletes, so you've been to all these cities, but, uh, what did you think about Los Angeles as a Super Bowl venue? Not a fan. Um, I, I do think it's a byproduct of the fact that just LA is one of those cities. And I think it's probably seldom you have this. It's so big. It can pretty much absorb any big event and you might not know what's going on. Yes. But I was everywhere from North of LA in the Valley to down in South Bay and Manhattan beach um, to down, you know, more downtown. And you just, you really didn't get a feel that this was like a super bowl. And, and, and granted, like, I know people are going to say, oh, it's COVID. Dude, go, go back to Tampa last year and like the height of it. I'll tell you this much. Tampa, downtown around the harbor area, you did not know there was COVID. Forget forget <laughs> about the fact that like the, the Super Bowl portion, because it was nuts the entire week. And I guess it's kind of a fair comparison because it was also a home team. Yeah. But it was crazy the entire time. I was honestly shocked and floored by the, like, especially at that point in time, 
knowing what we did or didn't know and all the vaccine and all that, like going back and seeing it all being like, dude, that was like a different time during COVID and no one cared. They're so excited for the Super Bowl. So I don't know if that's a byproduct of the Tampa Bay fan base and Tom Brady being there and Kansas City coming and their fan base, or if it just had to do with the venue in the city and maybe there's just state laws and, and, no, you know, no, no, no. I think it. it's I, I, I said this coming into it now because I was curious about this exact aspect of it, because I remember the New York Super Bowl. New Yorkers were like purposely trying to make sure that it, the Super Bowl wasn't a big deal. Like they right. were like they were like adamant, like like they, they really didn't want you know New York to be disrupted by the Super Bowl because they wanted to prove that, you know, New York's better. New York's New York. Yeah, yeah New York's like, yeah. Wait, you think a Super Bowl affects us like we're in New York, baby. Like, and I don't think Los Angeles had that attitude. I just think. That's how it works in these big cities. Yeah, it, it, it's true to a degree. I also think there's a portion of it, like just the culture there is not excited about it. You know, I mean, you could have gone anywhere you wanted in, in Tampa. You could have gone to St. Pete's Beach. You could be in downtown Tampa. You, you can be all over any part of Tampa. You could probably even down in Naples in some, some portions of that. That's not even that close or Fort Myers. Yeah. And, and I would say there's like people who are talking about it, excited about it. There's a buzz about it. I just think culturally, it's not that big of a deal out there. It's just, it's really not. Um, yeah. It's just like another cool thing for people to go to it. Like that's really ha- kind of how it felt. And again, it's not a knock on that. It's just, that's Southern California. That's kind of how they roll. Uh, it just, it felt different in comparison, at least last year in Tampa or even Miami, which Miami is another place that you could say it's spread out between South beach and Brickle and downtown and up in Fort Lauderdale where, where I'm at. It's like, you still felt the presence of it. You saw it everywhere. People were excited about it. It just, it had a different feel to it for sure. Yeah, it's, it sure did. And it, Bengals fans made up or made up most of the the people that Probably, we saw yeah. out. Um, yeah, and that was sort of the thing too. I think that's the difference too. Is like the Rams fans weren't like making like, "Hey, welcome to our city, it's Rams time." And like uh, apparently the Bucks, the Bucks fans, you know, it's like everybody's amped up about Tampa Bay. Um, I, I felt like it was going to be all Bengals fans, and then of course the Rams fans showed up the day of. So you know. Uh, by the way, if I you're, still if you're, felt like there was more Bengals fans from the intel I was getting from the game. Like it was maybe 60-40, 65-35. Is that fair? That's it. Probably seems about right. Uh, if you're watching for the first time and like the show, toss us a like on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel and turn on those alerts. We will have tons of emergency podcasts in the off season as signings and trades and all kinds of crazy stuff goes down and if you like if you love the show give us a five-star rating on apple Podcasts or spotify they truly help us out so um the uh oh i'm 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 an idiot i was reading the wrong part of the uh wrong part of the podcast i was like wait why are we gonna talk about the same topics as brady as we did with uh with wilson and um and uh and and, and breach no we're not gonna do that uh i do want to ask you yeah what do you think about Matt, the possibility of Matthew Stafford. They're like, do you do you, do you buy into my Hall of Fame theory, or do you think and it, that is now being talked about by everybody? By the way, and it's kind of annoying. Like, I should be getting credit for you know, predicting. Well, even I, I even saw Matt Ryan was like a part of the conversation too. Richard Sherman had made comment about him. I I guess I'll ask this: Has at any point in Matt Ryan's career has he been a top five quarterback in the league? Oh, actually, not, not statistically. Matthew Stafford. Matt Stafford. Yeah, Matthew Stafford. Excuse me. Um, I, I mean. Probably not. I think statistically speaking, not not yardage totals, but like if you look at advanced analytics, he has been top five at least once. I know for sure, and maybe twice. I believe the the 2018 season. But I mean, I understand that most people he's made one Pro Bowl, right? Yeah, uh, I don't put a lot of credence into Pro Bowls, but I mean, well, okay. I mean, he has never been an All Pro at any. All right, neither 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 has been Roethlisberger, but yes, for sure, sure. 
Um, I, I think the difference is too, when you look at Ben, I mean, first Super Bowl, yeah, it probably was more defense running game, second Super Bowl, kind of more, more him in that regard. And, and obviously you can't deny the fact the fourth quarter, the way he played, uh, talking about Matthew Stafford was awesome. Yeah. I, I just think um, there is that argument to be had about like, where do you draw the line between stats and then how that player was viewed at their time? You know, Patrick Willis is someone who isn't going to have a ton of stats because he played, what, seven years, eight yeah. years? but he was an all pro for five of those. He was the right, best right. player at his position for that period of time. There's no disputing that he should be a hall of famer. I, I, I agree with that. And I, I, I think, yeah, look, there's, there's different pathways to being the hall of famers. People like different things. Like I, I, I thought it was insane that people suggested Calvin Johnson might not be a first ballot hall of famers. Like the dude was the best wide receiver in football for seven or eight years, you know? And by the way, I almost think that hurts Matt, Matthew Stafford's case a Calvin little bit Johnson's because true. Yeah. Because as a, as a quarterback, I sit there and go, yeah, I wish I could have thrown to that. Like, yeah. I, I wish I could have gotten drafted to a team as bad as they were, but you still had a first ballot future Hall of Famer to throw to, right? Yeah. Like, that's fair. look at the difference of Joe Burrow from last year to this year with Jamar Chase. Yeah. Not saying that Jamar Chase can be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but at least from his rookie year, he's on the path to the Hall of Fame. So, I, so, so I think it helps, you know, it works both ways. It helps the quarterback, helps the wide receiver. Um, but there's, you know, like the one thing quarterback needs to have, I think, in, in order to be at least part of the conversation, a Super Bowl. Stafford's got it now. And and I think, you know, he's he's definitely going to be up for it. I just think that's the question that a lot of players um, are probably asking and a lot of voters would have to, once that time would come, they'd have to ask about him is, you know, is, is he the type of player that was viewed as one of the best at his position at any point in time during his career? And it's probably tough to, to say that because obviously Tom Brady uh, yeah, went over two decades and like, he's always going to be a part of that conversation. You know, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is a part of that. You can go on that, down the line of, of guys who've been, if a part you're of drafted, if you're drafted in 2009 as the first overall pick, you were, I mean, like good luck ever being the best at your position because breeze Brady Manning Rodgers. I mean, you know, just an insane list of guys. So, so that's the hard part. And then I think you, you when you say those names, it's like, okay, how does he compare to them? I don't know. You know, it's, it's like, I, I feel like, and look, I know Richard Sherman was outspoken about, I think about Matt Ryan wasn't even on the topic of Matthew Stafford, but I think those, both those guys are going to have great statistical arguments for the hall of fame. Uh, Matt Ryan was the best player in the league at one point, literally. I mean, he was the MVP. So he's got that in his hat. Like, you know, a Super Bowl's a, an amazing accomplishment, but it's also not one that, and this works both ways for Matthew Stafford. It's not one that, yeah, it's like a prerequisite almost, you know, where like that's the one thing that's holding maybe Matt Ryan back. Yeah. But yet quarterback wins aren't it's not a quarterback stat, right? Wins aren't a quarterback stat. So that like works in favor of Matthew Stafford, though, because obviously he doesn't have a great win-loss record from his time in Detroit. So it's a tough argument. I think, you know, look, I don't have a vote. Someone's got to make that decision that or determination at that point in time. But I think that's the question that it's going to come down to is that does does anyone feel like he was a top five quarterback at any point in time in his career? And Unfortunately, during the era in which he played, it's it's tough to make that argument. Probably, um, I I also have the opinion that uh, it, like assuming like Andrew Whitworth probably retires, assuming Sean McVay doesn't retire and um, Aaron Donald doesn't retire, that Matthew Stafford with that roster, I know they have some decisions to make, but with that roster, with Tom Brady leaving, with Aaron Rodgers potentially out of the NFC, that Stafford can do enough over the next like four years with the Rams. Oh, yeah. Dude, where, yeah. where, but where like he could easily solid. I think, I think like, I don't think if he retired today, I don't think he's, I think would be really close on the hall of fame. I, I think if he plays four more years, good years with the Rams and is healthy. Well, I'll put it numbers, this way. Is Phil Rivers in the hall of fame? I, I think so. Yes. Okay. But you're based on stats, right? 
I mean, not basically on Super Bowls. <laughs> Clearly, but but even like again, same argument. At any point in time, did you view him as one? I think he was Philip Rivers is a top five quarterback for stretches. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I think it's yeah. easier to make that determination. Now, the hard thing is you see a guy like Eli Manning, and then you go, well, stat wise, Philip Rivers is probably better. Uh, definitely better. I mean, yeah. Well, regular season, especially. Oh, yeah. But like playoffs, when Eli needed to play, he came up big. He's got two Super Bowls. He's two times Super Bowl MVP, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So, you know, you've, you've, he's got that in his back pocket. Like when they needed him to, he played his best. And I think that's the tough thing about the Super Bowl was, um, you know, Stafford made some great throws when he needed to. But when it came down to it, you viewed Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald as probably the two who were most deserving of the MVP. I think then you'd say Stafford. Um, so it, it's just, uh, again, like the, interse- the interceptions probably killed him. If not for those, he, I think he wins MVP. And, and neither was really a bad interception per se. One was an arm punt. The other was a not his fault. We say an arm punt, but it's like, are they not? I mean, I mean, they were in field goal range. You yeah. you were in range of a field goal. So you the, took play, the play there didn't need to be a shot down the field. It needed to be it, a seven it, or eight. It, well, he didn't need to throw it up in harm's way. He could have, you know, thrown a ball that safely, maybe some, if, if no one gets it, it's out of bounds, right? Yep. Then you at least have a field goal attempt. The, the other one's on Skronik, 100%. Like that hit off his arm, should have caught it. Um, and, and, and so that's. Well, you that's, could say it's on Stafford because if he doesn't, if he doesn't throw behind Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham doesn't tear his ACL. And if he, if, if Odell Beckham's out there, I think that game turns into a blowout. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, by the way, hot take. I, I kind of felt like neither quarterback played great. I would agree with that. Like that was probably one of Burrow's uh, worst performances. I mean, even just from the get go. I mean, one of the inter- most interesting things was on the fourth and one, he had T. Higgins, he was motioning across the formation, wide open on the sidelines. And, and typically, when you get that sort of play, when you've got a motion man like that, because he's on the move and he's running an outbreaking route like that, he's going to be your first read for timing elements because once you get off of him, you can't come back to him, right? right? And instead, he just went right inside to Jamar Chase, kind of forced mm-hmm. in, ball gets tipped, turnover on downs. I, from that point, like moving forward, I, I was kind of watching and I watched him back. I was like, man, he didn't play as well as he had throughout I, the I, playoffs or even this season. Oh, I agree completely. I sort of wonder if he went over to the sideline and looked at – that play was like shook that he, because you know I mean? He, I would assume that he tried the, the pass he attempted was largely based on the fact that the whole game plan was revolving around getting the ball as fast as possible to avoid, you know, what happened in the but third that's quarter. That's what's odd is, is I'm, I'm, I promise you when you've got a motion, you've got a quick out or Omaha, whatever you're, you're going to that guy first. That's your, yeah. Favorite. Like that, that's the quickest way to get in the ball out of your hand. That was what was surprising about yeah. it. Um, and then there was other instances of that where he, he almost got his eyes. I mean, granted second half, when you get sacked six times, clearly the rush is starting to impact things. But just getting into the check down or, or getting rid of the football. Like, there's times you can still get rid of it and make it an incompletion instead of yeah. taking the yardage sack. Now, granted, it keeps the clock running, but it, it obviously, you know, takes off yards from the punt, right? You're, and you're making it a little more difficult in that regard. So Yeah, that's, uh, no, that's it's, it's a great point. I agree completely. Um, okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll do a Super Bowl version of Read Between the Lines. Next. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous 
trip. Maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid. I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. America's fastest growing game show. Wildly popular. Read between the lines. Invented by Brady Quinn. <laughs> Probably stolen off some, like, pardon, uh, or pardon my take. Pardon the interruption rundown. Uh, you know, we, we, Breach actually does an incredible impersonation of the uh, mailbox guy. Oh, really? Mailbox. Like Breach does it. It sounds exactly like the pardon, pardon. The I, I can see that. I can see that. Well, let's, let's get started though. So post Super Bowl read between the lines, we got Joe Burrow quote. We have to let it fuel us. We are going uh, to at least celebrate what we did this year. And, and he also said, we're a young team. Um, yeah. yeah. I think, I think Joe Burrow is probably shocked at losing a big game for the first time in his life. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's sort of like the, you know, the, the, the kid, I mean, not, I'm not saying he's like spoiled, but it's like the kid who's just used to getting what, you know, like, you, you know, it's like when Tom Brady lost his first playoff game, he was probably like, what the hell? What, you know, or, or like when Seinfeld's like, what is this salty discharge coming out of my eyes? Like you know, <laughs> I used to cry. They didn't know what the, the hell it was. I, I think, I think Burrow is saying though, that, you know, we, we're going to remain focused. We've got to, we've got to turn the page on this and not let this Super Bowl loss linger because we are a young team that can get back to this position. But if we let it, if we let it linger, if you let it fester, uh, it can really do damage for the psyche of an organization. Did the Bengals lose that game or did the Rams win that game? I thought that Matthew Stafford won the game with that drive. Okay. Cause I, I think the controversy is the fact that you had a defensive holding that probably wasn't. And I know the rebuttal to that is what about the T Higgins play? It's like, first off, dude, that was how the entire game went. I mean, when Aaron Donald was getting into it with Isaiah Prince at the sidelines, they, they could have easily that flag. That was I've never seen that before. Nuts. But that, but that's what I'm saying is that was the tone that was set. Yes. So that's what makes it so egregious when you throw that flag on Logan Wilson. Which again, look, Dean Blandino, Mike Prayer, guys who are former VPs of officiating, both have publicly said it wasn't a defensive holding. Oh, so really? they get bailed out there. Yeah. And then you move on to even the offsetting penalties on the personal foul on Von Bell. Go back and watch that. That was another questionable call where if you mm. look at how he led, now this the, the crown of his helmet, but with his shoulder and where the contact was initiated, should have been called. So, look, it was a great drive. You know, the no-look pass is getting a lot of tread on that. Um, I, I'm more impressed or maybe more, like, surprised by the fact that uh, Lou Anaromo couldn't figure out, hey, maybe we should play man at some point and, and bracket 
Cooper Cup. Right. Like, my God, how long are you going to play zone and just let him run through your zone coverage in these open windows all game long? But uh, he probably was concussed when he caught the touchdown pass anyway. So uh, you got to give them all, everyone a bunch of credit in that regard. But it did feel like, yeah, I don't know. Like, Bengals had the lead, kind of squandered it, hated their fourth down play at the end, too. Oh, yeah. And they ran the um, ball with uh, Samaji P. Ryan on third and one. It's like you got Joe Mixon out there for a reason. Oh, by the way, why was Samaje P. Ryan even in there for the last play? I, Am I missing something? Like, you love Joe Mixon. They you have Chris him. Evans. They use him so much. It's crazy. It's weird. It's, it's like the, really weird. It, it is It is very, like, so I thought, I thought Samaje P. Ryan was going to be okay coming out of Oklahoma. Um, he's been, obviously been a massive disappointment, but, like, their infatuation with him is very bizarre. Like, they used him on every third down for the first half plus of the season. I get it. Like blitz pickup protection is huge. I would imagine Joe Mixon's playing enough football. He can do that too. Right. Or, or Chris Evans is enough of a threat, but it's weird. Uh, I, I think the thing I worry about this is like, do the Bengals get back? Cause this is like one of those comments you make when let a fuel us want to celebrate what we did this year. All right. Like, yeah, you guys won the division and you surprised everyone. You're what 151 to one odds to go to the Super Bowl. The the concern is like the Dan Marino, like, Oh, I got or there. Well, look, those guys at least have won one, right? Oh, no, no, I know, but yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's absolutely – I'm just I'm saying, saying like, this is like similar, like a, you've got a supremely talented quarterback who just it never works out where he gets back to one again, and that's it. So yeah. the, the hard thing is like the AFC North is a legit division. It'll yep. be a gauntlet to get through, I, I think, especially if the Pittsburgh Steelers make a move for a veteran quarterback. I, I, the, the Steelers are going to address the position. They're not just going to be – the Steelers have been really good for a really long time. Um, the Ravens are under are, – are a well-run team, and they have a former MVP. Like, they're going to bounce back. They're really unlucky health-wise. And, and the Browns have gotten just a lot better. It's It, it wouldn't be crazy at all. And it, by the way, the Bengals next year playing a first-place schedule, as Wilson pointed right. out on, on the recap. I mean, it wouldn't be that weird if they finished last in the division next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you'd be – I'm curious to see what happens with Pittsburgh and – yeah, I, I would pick up his last right now. I'm just saying right. that it's, it's uh, nothing's really out of the realm of possibility. All right, let's move on to Aaron Donald on possible retirement. Quote, I'm just in the moment right now. That's not a no. I I, I just don't under, I mean, his career is absurd. You know, it's ridiculous. Like, so I was thinking about this today. He's a Hall of Famer. Oh, I mean, obviously. <laughs> like he was yeah. a Hall of Famer two years ago with his yeah. resume. But it's crazy. funny thing is, uh, probably quarterback is the one position that needs the Super Bowl win to like justify Hall of Fame. Hence why we're having this conversation about Matthew Stafford yeah. as compared to Aaron Donald, who like he didn't need it. Like he didn't need it, but he got it. And I do wonder if he cares to put his body through that much more punishment moving forward, considering he's done like everything and he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You had heard Warren Sapp say, hey, he's better than I ever was a defensive tackle. Um, it's just, it's ridiculous. The, the, like the one flaw in his resume is that he didn't make all pro his rookie year when he also won defensive rookie of the year. So like, he probably should have been all pro and just some voters didn't know he was really enough. He was if it matters, player. he was a pro bowler though. So yeah. Yeah, he was. he was, he's never not made the pro bowl. Right. Um, I mean, I wonder, do, do, like I, I brought this up on the recap, but do, like, do you think he looks at LT's Lawrence Taylor, obviously LT's, um, career just like eh, you know lt i mean clearly different players like the different physical uh, uh approaches to the game and to training and whatnot but you know lt like i would guess that aaron donald is like i've had a, almost a like a borderline perfect career as a defender i've never missed a game um you know i'm i've won all the awards 
do I just walk away with this like perfect resume? I mean, maybe it depends what's in his heart. What kind of, you know, what kind of competitor where he's at, you know, as far as that portion of his life. Um, the, the crazy thing to me is, you know, contractually, he's like the eighth highest non-paid quarterback in the league based on average annual salary, if I'm not mistaken, that will only go down if he doesn't get another contract. Mm. Like he's that type of player where you tell me, what do you think he's worth average annual salary? I, I would say 30 million is not crazy. He's making like 22 and a half. Yeah, average he, annual, I think. He was the first $20 million defender, right? And then... I believe so, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he's worth somewhere between 30 and $35 million. He cha- He's a game wrecker. He changes everything about it. You know, he's unbelievable. It, um, it, it sounds crazy to say because you're like, he, he's not a quarterback, but he is worth every penny. And, and yeah. it's just, anyway... They just, they just, it's like, it's like Belichick and coach of the year, or coach K and coach of the year. Like they just quit voting for him. It's like, we got to find somebody else. This guy's just like, he's just doing what Aaron Donald does. Like he set the bar so high that he just can't, it's like almost impossible to win defensive player of the year because, you know, they're like, well, TJ, TJ Watt had an incredible, so you know, yeah, you have I mean? to tie the, 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 you know, regular season sack record. Like that's right. what you have to do in order to do it. Right, right, right. Um, all, all right, right. What's next? One more McVeigh on future this is according to the LA times. We will see dot, dot, dot. <clears throat> I'm just enjoying this moment right now. A lot of people just enjoying the moment right now. Yeah. I'm really happy to be a part of this. Happy for that. I mean, again, it's not a no. I, I don't, I don't really understand the McVeigh thing quite as much because it, you know, he, like everybody points out, well, you know, he wants to take the Gruden path. It's like Gruden got fired by the bucks. Like Mike, John Gruden didn't walk away from the bucks for a 10 year run at ESPN. He just got the ESPN and was like, Holy crap. This is easy. I'm getting paid a ton of money, like relative to coaching. I mean, it's not like a, it's not a simple gig, but if you if you've been in football your whole life, you know you can and you're and you're uh, and you're eloquent and you are you know uh, quick quick thinking on your feet. You can jump in a booth and and become pretty good pretty quickly. Like uh, you know, it's I mean, it's not that hard, right? You do it. I, I would say eventually say this. I I think if you think about this, the way people jumped on Romo right away. It'll be very similar with, with McVeigh. The difference is I don't think you're ever going to have to worry about like preparation and like people then going the other direction with this. I, I'm willing to say, I don't care. I work for multiple networks, whatever. Okay. I'm just giving you my objective analysis of this. Okay. I think the difference with McVeigh is he will be able to stand the test of time. Very similar to Gruden. He's obviously like almost sounds just like Gruden. And there's like an element of every time he talks, to the press, he's teaching them something. Like he's got that to him. That's something that is just in his blood. It's like who he is. So I, I think he'd be a home run. There's probably an element too with the way. I mean, he's 36, and I think he grinds. Like the way he goes about doing this, the energy, everything else. There's probably a part of him that's like, I, now I don't want to say this is similar to Aaron Donald, but dude, he's the youngest to win a Super Bowl. He's never had a losing season. He's been to two in what four years. Yep. I mean, what else does he kind of need to do as a head coach to prove himself? I'm not saying he's already a Hall of Famer, because right. I, I think that obviously is disrespectful to some of those guys who have done it for a long period of time. Like Shanahan's not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, right, yeah. right. So there's obviously that out there, but imagine him signing a 10 year deal, 15 million a year with ESPN for Monday Night Football, which you know they're looking to try to improve that. And you're telling me right now you wouldn't take 150 million guaranteed to then come back and potentially coach when you're 46. And by the way, just like John Gruden before, obviously the email came out from the Washington football team, then like his stock's only going to keep going up. It's every single year. Someone's going to say, Hey, this job's open. This job's open. 
he would be able to leave and come back whenever he wants. I guess the only thing that stands in your way is why would you leave the Rams? Like, why would you leave maybe one of the best jobs in the way they've handled things with Les Snead kind of going all in for Super Bowls? Why would you ever leave that position? But, but I guess also look at Gruden. He went back to the Raiders. Maybe they can always hire you back. I, I sort of, I was trying to think of a good, like for me, the comp that would make maybe more sense for McVay to follow would be the Bill Cowher uh, comp where it's like, and Cowher didn't win a you know, didn't win a Super Bowl until like his next to last year with Pittsburgh, but he retired after the after an eight eight season in two thousand and six. You know, got fifteen years in, retired at the age of forty nine. I just, I mean, if it were if it were me and I was Sean McVay, and I had the option to retire at thirty six with, after just trading for Matthew Stafford, you know, getting all these big names there, having this pretty good roster. Um, again, in a weakened NFC, you're defending Super Bowl, you're defending Super Bowl champions. Stafford wants a new contract. I'm at least doing it four more years with Stafford. I, you know, I think just the, the production they got out of him, the, the upgrade to that offense, the, you win the Super Bowl. I just can't, it's, I would much rather coach till I'm like, I would much rather coach for another 10 years than come back in 10 years and try and start coaching again, I guess is my point. For sure. I also think you're much more bullish on Matt Stafford. And look, I'm not saying that Sean McVay is not, but I mean, clearly Sean McVay is. I mean, <laughs> well, to a degree, but I'm I'm saying I think you're more excited than maybe he is. Because if he does leave the booth, for example, then clearly you're more excited than he is because he differs in this opinion than you. Um, but the reality is, I mean, well, it's one, also just weird that they would like the, all these fluff articles about McVay and Stafford and like Cabo and best friends, and then and then it's like. And, and then but McVay's it's not gonna... like he's leaving him. He's doing what's best for him. And look, the objective was to win a Super Bowl. That's they got that. Like, yeah. what else do they need? Like, they got that. Like, if if they went for the next four years and didn't win one, right? Because as much as we want to sit there and say, well, the path to one's easy. Okay, great. But if if you were going to put the odds up right now of the majority of teams to win a Super Bowl next year, it'd be largely dominated by the AFC, and that's because there's better quarterbacks and probably better teams in the AFC. I mean, I had someone tell me today, like, I don't think the best two teams were playing for the Super Bowl. I said, that's pro- it's a, probably a fair comment. Like, I, I think probably yeah, I think it's an obvious comment. Well, I, I think I think the, the point is, like, is it is Casey and Buffalo the two best teams in the NFL? I, I think most people probably feel that way. That game might have been the best game we saw the entire playoffs. Sure. But Cincinnati beat Casey twice. Yeah. So how can you make that comment? Like, they beat him in their house and they beat him. In that, your own that's, house. Right, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like, I don't want to get down this rabbit hole of like debates about it, but the truth is, like, they accomplished what they needed to accomplish. They got a Super Bowl together. No, I don't right. think, I don't think McVeigh owes him anything if he wants to leave and do what he feels like is best for him and his family. I don't think, he, I don't think he owes him anything. I just think it's weird to make the trade and then, and, and when you say his family, he's 36 with a fiance. You got any kids? Well, you'd like to start having kids. You know, I've got three, so it's a little different ball game once you start pumping them out. Like, I mean, something it, it, tells me that he's still actively engaging in the necessary process to have kids. Yeah, right? but, but maybe he wants to take some time off and have a family and not be constrained to a coaching schedule. I mean, you have to understand some of these coaches, man, they'll sleep in the office. They're like FaceTiming with their family who's 20 minutes away. Sure. And you're like, you can't just run home and go sleep for five hours with them or be with your wife or say goodnight to your kids and come back. Like that's how they live, man. It, it's yeah. an entirely different perspective. And so as much as they're like, Oh, sometimes they just need to take a break. Like sometimes they need to recharge and it takes a little time. Like I've, I've seen it from a number of coaches. So again, I understand people aren't going to get it if he does decide to do it, but I'm just saying, don't be shocked. <laughs> don't be shocked. I told people that this during Super Bowl week, don't be shocked if it ends up happening.
Oh, I, I wouldn't. I don't think it would be that surprising at all, especially because in a similar way, um, we saw, oh gosh, uh, Sean, uh, Sean Payton. You know, there were rumors for a, a full week. That is Sean Payton getting it out there. So everyone's not shocked when he just walks away from football and thinks he's like medically ill. You want to kind of get that or, you know, whatever it is. But like, I think the fact that these, these Sean McVay rumors have been out there for a while is indicative that this is that he that he's talking about it. It's not yeah. something that is, I, is just being made up, you know, and bringing up McVay or uh, excuse me, McVay and really Sean Payton. The interesting thing is like you tend to forget too. the last two years have been pretty stressful, man, like dealing yeah, with the COVID protocols. I mean, it, it's one thing for us to say it because I think everyone to a degree has, you know, had additional stress put on their lives, right? Sure. Because of how it's impacted our work, our personal life, et cetera. You know, our kids' school, all that stuff. But for them, it's like they're reminded every day, every day because of the protocols, because of, you know, someone testing positive or some issue with it. I mean, whatever the case may be. For the past two years, that's the life they've lived. And we're weakened sometimes like, hey, we went on a vacation, we're outdoors, we're away from everything, like you don't have to worry about COVID or wearing masks. Like, that's great. People got to experience that. They didn't. <laughs> like they didn't throughout the course of a season. So I, I think I think I, 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 th- I think there's a drain too that played a role for not only for Sean Payton, but maybe that's the case for Sean McVay. Cause like, let's be honest too, like LA County was under even stricter laws. That's fair. Than what a lot of other teams, a lot of other places had to be, at least as far as their personal life goes as well. Sean, I mean, Sean Payton referenced it multiple times in his press conference, off, like off the, like he just kept saying the like COVID protocols. And you're right. It's, it's a, it's a great point. I mean, the last two years have been insanely weird and I would, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I won't, I won't begrudge Sean McVay if he walks away. I just think it's crazy to, 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 to spend like, how long has he been? I mean, he spent like, he's been coaching since 2008. So he spent, you know, eight years as a, you know, rising up the ranks of, and it's a meteoric rise, obviously, you know, and then, you know, five, what, five or six years as a head coach of the Rams, five years of uh, the Rams, and then wins the Super Bowl in his fifth year. And it's like, well, I'm out. It's just, it's just, it's just, I guess it's, it's, it's just like, it's something you don't see very often. And by the way, to the COVID point, I think COVID calls coach Kane, Roy Williams to, to pack their bags and say, you know what? It's not even more. I think, I think that the, 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 the portal stuff too, but like, just the fact that it's like, this has been such a grind these last two years and it's not going to, there's, you know, it's not, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's not like it's going to be easier next year. Right. Right. And, and that's the thing is, I mean, he might be leaving at a time where maybe it will become easier. Right. And, and look, I'm not saying that Sean McVay's, you know, leaving. I'm saying like, I, I think if, if ESPN or any network went after him hard and I'm saying like, a, again, 10 years, 15, 20 million, which, you know, you'd have to think from ESPN's perspective, like they're trying to get into the NFL. They're trying to improve that Monday Night Football booth to have more. Like there's I a, think there's an arms race right now with Amazon entering the mix. Hundred percent. And so yeah. they're trying to make. And by the way, Amazon could be a player in all this, right? Like they're trying to make sure they lock down what they need to in order to be in the graces of of the NFL. And there's a reason why they signed on the Manning uh, the Manning cast, the Omaha Productions. Right. You know, and they're trying to bulk up and beef up the best they can and sign up all this talent. If Sean McVay is potentially open to it, like, I mean, I don't know, is Stan Kroenke going to offer him $20 million a year? Like, would he come back and match? I, look, I, I think a coach is worth it. I think whether it's McVay or Belichick, like, you could literally justify, especially considering they don't impact the salary cap, you could justify paying a head coach $25, $30 million. Like, if you feel like he's that good and Sean McVay is that good, you could justify paying him $30 million. Uh, I mean, Roger Goodell makes $60, yeah. $60 million 
and we get crap officiating week in and week out, which he kind of oversees all that stuff, right? Like, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> there's all sorts of things that you could kind of point fingers to. The dude made 120 some million over the past two years, while everyone else is taking pay cuts because of COVID. Like, think about that. And he's in, a, he's in his, he's in his living room in a muscle T-shirt doing the draft. Like, you know. <laughs> it's um, like, but Bill Bardwell actually wrote a piece for Grantland back in. Uh, Whatever, whatever year it was when it was uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh's first year, and he's like, it was something, it was something effective like, you know, if Jim Harbaugh can take the team that was like four and twelve to thirteen and three, it's like, should we be considering? Should or should owners consider ponying up for coaches and just being like, I'll give you twenty million a year because you're the best, like, you know, like the, like the Patriots, Belichick retires, and they're like, Sean McVay will give you twenty million a year to to coach here because you're the best coach in football. Yeah. I mean, they should like be more aggressive about it, especially if you wear multiple hats, right? Like if you're Bill Belichick and you are in charge of personnel and you are in charge of the team, obviously as the head coach. Yeah. Like that's going to be a big consideration. I, I think the other couple of things that you got to keep in mind too, like think about McVay's staff. It's probably going to, you know, suffer some more losses. O'Connell's going to be the head coach, of the Minnesota Vikings. Taking some, um, taking some guys with him. I'm sure. Taking some guys with them. You're going to get some guys who either retire like Whitworth for sure. Um, you know, you got Donald who might as well, uh, not necessarily getting everyone back. Maybe Von Miller either looks for greener pastures, decides not to OBJ now has a torn ACL. That recovery is as, as long as it's been now, like now it's like 10 months to recover. So that's looking like a spot you're going to have to fill in. I mean, I know the NFC path, NFC path looks easier. It's still like, man, there's a lot of things you have to kind of start over with again. Whit Whitworth, um, and, Whitworth and Aaron Donald would be, I mean, I would assume Whitworth's retiring. Right, right, and and look, the entire offensive line almost. But besides that thing, Rob Havenstein is our free agents. I, mean, I know Brian Allen is. I know uh, I know Nopum is. I know I'm trying to think who else is up front that uh, I was looking back through the other day. But regardless, um, they've got some like they've got to rebuild that group. It's just there's I think there's a lot that maybe he's like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> this, this, yeah, like <laughs> I got a ten year, twenty million dollar year deal. Like maybe I'm gonna go take that and go do TV. Well, and it becomes, you know, like all the challenges that go into coaching and there, there are many, I mean, they're, it's hard to be a head coach in the NFL, but like all of a sudden it looks like your team might be sort of a retool. So, you know, not that you'd be bad, but you just have to figure, there's a lot of things to figure out. If you lose Aaron Donald, I mean, like that defense will fall off a cliff. That's just, right. it's just going to be, it's going to go. Well, if you lost, if you lost Donald and Von Miller for how well Von Miller played in particular at the end of the season in the playoffs, there's some big losses there. I mean, Aaron Donald is a Jenga piece on the defense. If you pull yeah. him out, you're going to be a middle tier defense instead of an elite defense, which you could have been. Uh, so yeah, the Rams. Have right. a, um... Last one for Sean McVay on OBJ. We wouldn't be champs without him. They wouldn't have won the title without Odell Beckham. I agree. True. And Von Miller. I think Von Miller and Odell. I think the interesting thing about Von Miller and Odell Beckham is that they went out and traded a lot for Von and got a lot of crap for it. And they and they went and signed OBJ, and people, you know, just because OBJ, people don't like him. People question the move, and those two moves put them over the top and made a difference in them winning the Super Bowl or not. Do you get this feeling too? Like that game to me would have been a blowout. I think if a absolute OBJ's blowout, a yeah, blow, a, a monster blowout. Oh, I don't know about a monster. I think ten, maybe fourteen points. I mean, uh, yeah, it, okay, yeah. I, I think they that off that defensive line got going eventually. Here's the other thing too is that if the if OBJ doesn't get hurt, I think the Rams go into halftime like 21-3, 21-10, sort of similar to the Chiefs. And and we see the um the 
run game, they really start to try to pound the ball, maybe loosen up the run game a little bit. And then that defensive line just gets after Joe Burrow. I mean, right. so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the funny thing is the defensive line still got after Joe Burrow. So right, right. That, but it's like, well, there were seven, seven consecutive possessions by both teams combined that uh, resulted in a punt in the second half. Right. I mean, it was a, uh, what's, what's, I mean, don't you agree? Odell helped him win the title? No, definitely. I, I would agree. I think, like I said, I think it would have been, you know, probably a, a two a double digit, maybe two score, you know, victory by the Rams. It had that feeling to it. I just, you know, you look at, because obviously again, you know, the, the pass that Cooper cup air mails over Stafford, I, I think it's a fair assumption probably was supposed to be OBJ, right? Uh, probably. Oh yeah. That's play. a good point. I didn't talk yeah, about you, you look at balls that are like targeting Skoranek and you're going, ah, probably not going to him. Right. It's probably, I, I felt like at, as, as a Ram, as somebody who picked the Rams and was like, you know, financially invested in the Rams at about like, through much of the second and third quarter, you're sort of thinking like, "Oh my god!" Like they don't, they don't, have, they don't, they don't have any weapons. Like they got, well, and it's weird because Van Jefferson, I think, it was a nice compliment at number three. Like as when you have OBJ and Cooper Cup, but then you're like, "Oh, like, like it, it kind of like Juju Smith Schuster. Like he found out like a little different when you go from the second receiver to the number one wide receiver right. on offense. Yeah. Like I, I think we started to see what that looks like too. Um, yeah. But anyway, so that, that's it for uh, – that's all we got at least for our Read Between the Lines this week. All right. Uh, we, we've been chatting for a while, so I guess we'll get out of here unless you've got anything else you want to add uh, to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think the only thing I'd say is, because we do have this as a topic, but I, I just would say it quickly. I think Stafford now doing it and then Tom Brady doing it last year, meaning going from one team to another and winning it in consecutive years – I just think it has to be lighting a fire under Russell Wilson. Russell was in the stadium for both of them because he won Man of yeah. the Year last year, and then he was presenting it to Whitworth this year. It's like, I mean, I just I feel like if you're those two guys, if you're Deshaun Watson and you get stuff cleared up off the field, you have to be thinking, okay, why not? And and you also have to be looking at it going, I don't care how bad the team looks, because. Again, 150 to one odds for the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. I know they didn't win it, but they got there. So the Bucs were seven to nine the year before Tom Brady got there. What are the Giants right now? 80 to one? I mean, if you're Russell Wilson, you don't think you can go to the Giants and have a shot at not only winning the NFC East, but as you pointed out, if Rodgers leaves, doors wide open now with Brady retiring if he stays retired. I mean, it's basically what the Rams, Cardinals, if Kyler Murray's happy and if he wants to stay there, the I Vikings mean, now look like a viable option with Cousins. Yeah, it just you start kind of going through it and going, oh, it's actually a much easier path. I mean, the NFC South is a disaster, right? Yeah, I mean, no. I think if you're if you're if you're somebody in if you if you're Russ and you can get out of the you can say the NFC but get out of the NFC West, you really feel like you got a, a path to to make it happen. Hundred percent. And and I look at like Dallas and as as good as Dallas was this past year, they win the division. That's great. It's like I think they could be better than Philly. Like I, I think Philly surprised a lot of people, but I don't see that you know, maintaining at that, you know, at that level. So yeah. we'll see. Yep. The future is going to be uncertain for several quarterbacks and it will be lead to many emergency podcasts. I'm sure. So make sure to subscribe, rate and review. Hit that alert button. Uh, Brady, as always, buddy, pleasure talking to you. It's been fun. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can waste another weekend doing the same old, whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.